This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson. Bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis. The Wonderful Power of Our Lady of Good Success. One of the buildings at the American TFP headquarters in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania, has a glass-covered niche immediately across the entrance hall from the main door. It encloses a statue of the Mother of God under the title of Our Lady of Good Success. Among the members and supporters who enter the building each day, the custom is to stop and bow before this image whenever one enters or leaves the building, or even when walking from one end of the building to the other. The founder of the international TFP movement, the Brazilian scholar Plenio Correa de Alavera, had a fervent love of the Virgin Mary, and of Our Lady of Good Success in particular. This essay is typical of the instruction that he gave to TFP members and supporters about the importance of the devotion to the Blessed Mother. It is adapted from a lecture. It has been translated and edited without his revision. So we begin the podcast about Our Lady of Good Success by bringing to our listeners Professor Plenio's essay, Why We Need Our Lady. Although we receive the necessary graces for our salvation, we still need special graces to persevere. This is because the process of the decadence of the soul generally follows a pattern. First, one commits acts of ingratitude that cause a retraction of grace. This causes the person in the state of grace to deteriorate slowly and stand in need of exceptional graces. When graces dwindle, one goes from one abuse to the next, until eventually falling into mortal sin. Devotion to Our Lady is crucial in obtaining the necessary graces to save our soul from this process. We need an intercessor who supplements the gap with requests for additional graces so that we might have sufficient graces for our salvation. Our Lady obtains for us the graces necessary to attain salvation. The mere fact that we are devoted to her makes us pleasing to God, who is thus predisposed to answer our requests. However, human nature is so weak that we often abuse grace to such an extent that it is difficult to find those who practice sufficient fidelity to save themselves without Our Lady's intervention. One might ask if this means that Our Lady is not the mediatrix of all graces, but only of extraordinary graces. No, she also obtains the minimum of essential graces for us. However, our malice serves to demonstrate that we cannot persevere in the spiritual life without her full support. Imagine a friend who is in a state of grace, so to speak, in relation to you. In other words, he is a friend who depends completely on your kindness and generally acts correctly toward you. However, this friend does not commit grave faults against you. He nevertheless constantly commits small faults, such as a lack of courtesy, respect, or affection. Of course, to the degree that he insists upon doing this, you gradually withdraw your friendship from him. If he commits a grave fault, it is understandable that you sever your relationship with him. This is a bit like the image of a sinner who, without losing the state of grace, almost inevitably falls into mortal sin at a certain moment. 
to prevent this fall, the intercession of Our Lady is desperately needed. It is not only greatly needed, but indispensable, since after a mortal sin, a person has no claim to obtain forgiveness. Even if he were to repent, it is doubtful that God would give heaven to a person in this state of soul without subjecting him to grave trials as a punishment for his attitude. Some people suppose that death comes as an accident, a disaster outside the ways of providence, and that God has nothing to do with death. Man walks along the ways of the spiritual life as he so pleases. Then, all of a sudden, death comes and interrupts God's plans and the development of his soul. In fact, it is nothing like this at all. No hair drops from our head without God allowing it. Everything is proportional to the orientation of our spiritual life. In fact, the moment of death is perfectly chosen with regard to our sins and merits. Without an intercessor with the merits of Our Lady, it would be impossible to remain in a state of grace. Imagine that a friend commits several small faults towards you, but nothing atrocious. All of a sudden, he shows up asking you for a gift. Would you be ready and willing to give it? Depending on the situation, you might refuse any request on his part. Our spiritual life is not a plateau next to an abyss. It is an inclined ramp in the middle of which is a line that separates the state of grace from mortal sin. When someone is on the upper part of this ramp, he can go down without falling into mortal sin. When a person on the upper part of the ramp commits an infidelity, God normally diminishes his graces, and with the dwelling of grace, a person can fall into such a state of destitution as to be reduced strictly to indispensable grace. When one says that venial sin leads to mortal sin, it does not mean that the man lacks the sufficient grace not to fall, but that he too often does not correspond to grace and thus falls. Human nature has a very strong penchant to abuse grace. However, in each concrete case, man has the will to react. Man can only obtain all the necessary and opportune graces not to fall if he has recourse to Our Lady. And that is why we need Our Lady. The apparition of Our Lady of Good Success is a gift to Holy Mother Church. The visionary was a Spanish nun in Ecuador, Mother Mariana de Jesus Torres. Mariana Francisca Torres came from a religious Spanish family. Her uncle was the village priest. An aunt was a conceptionist nun. However, even within such a family, Mariana's childhood devotion to God was exceptional. In 1575, King Philip II of Spain chose five conceptionist nuns, led by Mariana's aunt, to begin a convent in Ecuador, which is in its first stages of exploration and settlement. Twelve-year-old Mariana pleaded and reasoned with her aunt to be allowed to enter the order and accompany the five sisters to Ecuador. They arrived there on December 30, 1576, and began an arduous trek to Quito. 
After 16 years of service in Ecuador, Mariana's aunt died in 1593. The community elected Mariana to be their new abbess. Shortly after, Mother Mariana had her first vision of Our Lady of Good Success. This account of that vision comes from the book A Spanish Mystic in Quito by Monsignor Luis E. Carrea E. Alameda. Mother Mariana was elected and installed as abbess in 1593 at the age of 30. Her capacity and performance as spiritual leader progressed normally and successfully, with that satisfaction common to all religious who are united in a sisterly fashion and assiduous in prayer and penance. This is especially true when obedience and cordiality to one another is caused by fervor for the service of God and a holy desire to progress in sanctity. Although the young abbess could be well pleased with the spiritual progress, she had no lack of financial difficulties to worry her. Added to the inadequacy of proper support was the threat of separation from the direction of the Franciscans. To preserve the spirit of union and concord that then existed, and to prevent the more mundane preoccupations from entering the hallowed cloister, the young abbess knew of no better recourse than the tabernacle of our Lord. There, at the divine resting place, which always attracted her irresistibly, she felt very much at home. On February 2nd of the following year, Mariana, prostrated with her forehead touching the ground, was praying in the upper choir at one o'clock in the morning. She was beseeching God, through the intercession of his blessed mother, to put an end to the privations of her beloved convent and, above all, to mercifully forgive mankind so deeply engrossed in sin and so far astray from the path of his commandments. Preceding this prayer, she had engaged in a long exercise of penance. Continuing to pray with ever-increasing fervor, she suddenly felt the presence of someone else. Her heart quivered, but then she heard her name being sweetly called. Quickly rising, she found herself before a very beautiful lady bathed in a sea of glory and splendor. The lady was clad in the white tunic and blue cape of the conceptionist habit and held in her left arm a child of indescribable beauty, while in her right hand she carried the staff of an abbess made of polished gold and set with precious stones. According to the account Mother Mariana later gave to her confessor, her soul was flooded with a holy and ineffable joy and an intense love for her Lord and God, which reached such heights that, had it not been for special protection, she would have expired then and there. While in a transport of joy, she found the courage to ask, Beautiful lady, who art thou? And what dost thou wish? Dost thou not know that I am only a poor nun who loves God and is extremely afflicted with his bitter suffering? To which the lady answered, I am Mary of good success, queen of heaven and earth. It is precisely because you are a religious soul who loves God and your mother that I now speak to you. 
I have come from heaven to console your afflicted heart. Your prayers, tears, and penances are very pleasing to our Heavenly Father, who imbues you with his consoling spirit. God the Father, who is the support of the just in their tribulations, has formed from three drops of blood in my heart the most beautiful child of man, whom I carried for nine months in my most pure womb. Giving birth to him in the stable of Bethlehem, I laid him on the cold straw and remained a virgin and mother of God. As a mother, I carry him in my left arm, and, in so doing, I may hold back the arm of divine justice which is ready to unleash punishment upon this ungrateful and guilty world. In my right hand, I carry the crozier that you see because I wish to govern this convent myself as its abbess and mother. The friars minor are about to withdraw their participation in its guidance, this hard trial that will last some centuries. By this separation and by using my ungrateful daughters, Satan is planning to destroy the work of God. But he will not succeed because I am the queen of victories and the mother of good success. And under this invocation, I wish to work prodigies throughout time for the preservation of my convent and its inhabitants. In all times until the end of the world, I will have holy daughters, heroic souls who, in the hidden life of their convent, will suffer persecution and calumnies from their community. They will be the object of the loving attention of God and of his mother. I shall personally console them, for they are destined to receive the privilege of many apparitions from me. Like strong and stout columns, they will maintain the community in troubled times. Their life of prayer, self-denial, and penance will be most needed during each period. After having lived on this earth unknown, they will go to heaven to occupy a prominent throne of glory and receive the palm and crown of virgins and martyrs as a reward for their penance and love of God. Now, I want to give you strength and encouragement. Do not allow suffering to discourage you. Yours will be a long life for the glory of God and for your mother who speaks to you. My most holy Son will grant to you a gift of sufferings of all kinds, in order that you may receive the necessary strength, take him from my arms and embrace him in yours, press him against your so feeble and imperfect heart. As soon as the Holy Virgin had placed the Divine Child in the arms of this fortunate nun, she pressed him close to her and covered him with caresses, feeling that from then on a great strength and desire to suffer. This encounter with the Queen of Heaven lasted until three o'clock in the morning, when the heavenly vision ceased. Until that moment, Mariana who had been illuminated with the light of the divine dawn, Mary most holy, and with the plentitude of the light of the Son of Justice, 
Jesus Christ our Redeemer, felt herself flooded with indescribable splendors. However, when the vision disappeared, she found herself in the darkness of the morning of a new and routine day. Arising from this place where she had been praying, she walked the few steps from the grill of the upper choir to the right of the church, where she took her seat in the abbess's chair. There she awaited her sisters, who were already entering the choir to begin their daily activities with the recitation of the little office, which is so pleasing to the Blessed Virgin. One can easily imagine the admiration of the sisters on beholding the resplendent face of their abbess, similar, no doubt, to the experience of the Israelites when they beheld the shining face of Moses after he had talked with God. Without knowing why, the nuns' hearts were filled with an extraordinary love for God and his blessed mother, causing them to recite their morning prayer with unusual fervor. The book from which this excerpt came, A Spanish Mystic in Quinto, is available as a free download from the American TFP. We have provided a link in the show notes that listeners can use. Those who do not have access to show notes can simply go to www.tfp.org and click on the Publications tab at the top of the page. That will reveal a new tab titled TFP Books. Move your cursor down and release the button on your mouse. Scroll down the new page until you see the cover of A Spanish Mystic in Quito and the words Free PDF Download. Clicking on those words will take you to a new page with directions to get the entire book emailed to you at no charge. While there, you may want to look at the other free resources that the TFP provides. The TFP's devotion to Our Lady of Good Success is so great that TFP members around the world make pilgrimage to Quito. One member, Mr. Norman Folkertson, related his experience in his essay, Visiting Our Lady of Good Success, a Pilgrimage to Heaven. Pilgrimages are very common for the Catholic faithful, often requiring travel to distant places. On February 2, 2016, I was part of an American contingent that made such a pilgrimage to Quito, Ecuador, to venerate the heavenly statue of Our Lady of Good Success. The impressions were so overwhelming that only now am I able to put into words what occurred during our trip, especially the Rosary of the Dawn procession, which left us all spellbound. Quito the charming capital city of Ecuador, is situated in the mountains over 9,300 feet above sea level. It is the highest capital in the world. It was here that a group of five conceptionist nuns, among them the saintly Mariana de Jesus Torres, were sent by Philip II, King of Spain, to found a convent in 1577. Upon their arrival, they climbed up to the dizzying heights of this mountain city where they established a convent. The site could not have been better chosen. Visitors cannot help but feel that they have arrived to a city that is halfway to heaven and thus are breathing a rarefied supernatural air.
It was in this convent that Our Lady began appearing to Mariana with prophecies regarding the 20th century. Sister Mariana would go on to become the Mother Superior and lived a life of unspeakably heroic virtue. Much has been said about these prophecies. The most striking of the revelations, however, was when Our Lady spoke of the three things that would most offend her Divine Son. Blasphemy, heresy, and impurity. One need not look too far to see all three in our modern world, especially blasphemies. During the apparitions, Our Lady requested a statue to be made of her and requested that it be placed in the choir loft because, as she said, I will rule this convent. It is arguably the most extraordinary statue of the Blessed Mother on earth. Her solicitude for this group of nuns was expressed in another prophecy, where she foretold that there would always be a saint residing in this convent. The events of this particular pilgrimage were truly historic. The first event was what is called the annual Rosary of the Dawn. Whereas this particular procession dates back to colonial times, it eventually fell by the wayside, like so many Catholic traditions. Thanks to the tireless efforts of retired Brazilian Colonel Carlos Antonio Poli, it was resurrected in 2001. In that year, only 20 faithful showed up. This year, there was an estimated 12,000. Among them was General Carlos Obando, commander of the Ecuadorian army with a large contingent of soldiers and a military band. In very military fashion, an honor guard of soldiers in impeccable dress uniform marched down the center aisle of the convent church at around 4.30 in the morning. This would be Our Lady's escort and provide protection from the crushing faithful eager to touch her royal mantle. Such a presence is understandable. Usually, the procession is done with a small copy of the statue of Our Lady of Good Success. This would be the first time that the actual miraculous statue would take part in the procession. In fact, it was the first time she has ever left the convent into the street. It seemed very appropriate, since Our Lady is both Queen of the Universe and a mother, capable of consoling the faithful during these troubling times. One pilgrim, contemplating her majestic countenance in the open air as if reigning over the city, aptly described her as having the air of an empress. This opinion was echoed by many others, who saw her on this glorious morning as being more than a queen. She was the queen of queens. Our Lady of Good Success was placed on a Humvee, which seemed divinely preordained, as will be explained with an astounding event that occurred later. The military vehicle was appropriately covered and decorated in Our Lady's colors, blue and white, and a copious assortment of flowers. Fireworks filled the night sky above the convent as the procession began. As it passed through the streets, the rosary was recited by the faithful along with the singing of Marian hymns. 
Periodically, one would see handfuls of rose petals thrown from a distance, which gracefully fell at the feet of Our Lady. Such acts of devotion were truly inspiring. More noteworthy, however, was the devotion of the soldiers. An army colonel who walked in front of the Humvee to carve a path for the vehicle continually looked back to behold the statue's luminous face. As I analyzed his expression, it became clear for me that he was suffering an internal conflict of interest. He seemed so overwhelmed by admiration for Our Lady of Good Success's beauty, it appeared hard for him to carry out his duty as her guard. This same colonel later took off his hat and proudly showed me the holy card of the infant Jesus that he had fastened to the interior, a proud testament to his Catholic faith. Others witnessed a lieutenant colonel who carried his rosary during the entire procession, praying along with the faithful. As the procession was making its final turn before returning to the convent, the first glimmers of dawn silhouetted the city's national basilica atop a distant hill. Fireworks welcomed Our Lady and the throng of her devotees back inside the convent church where she was placed beside the altar in anticipation of an honor no one could have imagined. After the 10.30 morning Mass, celebrated by the Apostolic Nuncio, Archbishop Giacomo Antonello, General Obando, along with three other generals and numerous colonels, made a stunning and very official declaration before the packed church. Quote, I, as the Ecuadorian army commander, place under the mantle of Our Lady of Good Success all members of the army. He then reaffirmed that, quote, While Ecuador's army commander, I place under the mantle of Our Lady of Good Success all intermediate levels of army command to always make upright decisions, unquote. He then presented to Our Lady of Good Success, through the hands of the nuncio, the symbol of her new authority and power, a sword which was laid on the altar and a baton or command staff of the armed forces. The latter was placed in Our Lady's hands. The infant Jesus was also conferred with military honors. He was given a military decoration along with the symbol of a general, which were pinned to his garments. General Obando finished his remarks by thanking the Apostolic Nuncio, as well as Archbishop Castrenzi, Bishop René Coba Galarza, Mother Inez, and the nuns of the convent, quote, who gave me the opportunity to know about the devotion of Our Lady of Good Success. I also thank tradition, family, and property for this. Unquote. That evening, members of the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property and sister associations took turns praying before the statue during an all-night vigil. The coveted private time with the statue 
allowed us the opportunity to absorb the previous day's events. As I prayed before the statue, I pondered the sad state of affairs in our country and the world, which leaves many Catholics feeling like the apostles on the turbulent waters of Lake Genesareth. Just as our Lord majestically calmed the raging storm, one could not help feeling a similarly calming effect while gazing at the extraordinary face of Our Lady of Good Success. The next day, we were given the distinct privilege of venerating the incorrupt body of Mother Mariana. As we entered the room where her body is laid out, Mother Inez of the tabernacle removed the veil covering the face of the saintly nun. It is important to note here that this holy soul was not only given a glimpse of the evils of our day, she willingly accepted to suffer for us. With this in mind, We did not fail to thank this generous soul for what she did on our behalf. How many of us, who carry out our struggle against the errors of our day, owe our perseverance to this sacrificial soul? It is for this reason we must all say from the bottom of our hearts, Thank you, Mother Mariana. Then came the final farewell when the same TFP members who had participated in the nocturnal vigil carried out the privileged task granted to us long ago of carrying Our Lady back to the upper choir. This gave us the opportunity to venerate the exact spot where Our Lady appeared to Mother Mariana. At this point, however, our time on the mountain, breathing that rarefied, supernatural air, was coming to a close. Mr. Sergio de Paz, founder of the Miami-based organization Cubans in Exile, was standing next to me. He had been praying for his country, an island prison still in the grips of the blood-stained hands of the Castro brothers. He has tirelessly fought for the faith here in America and carries a great sorrow for the plight of the Cuban people still suffering under a communist dictatorship. With a smile on his face and a twinkle in his eyes, he looked at me and said, What is going to happen when we land? My instinctive response was, I don't know. But I hope we don't crash, because we are flying pretty high right now. All good things must come to an end in this valley of tears, as we march toward the victory promised by Our Lady of Fatima, and so did our trip. Yet those who were in Quito, Ecuador, left energized after a journey that can be aptly termed a pilgrimage to heaven. This concludes The Wonderful Power of Our Lady of Good Success. Thank you for listening. We also request that our listeners pray to Our Lady of Good Success, that she will impart her wisdom and make her wishes known to those participating in the ongoing synod on synodality. Return to Order, of which this podcast in a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. We publish a new episode every week as Tuesday becomes Wednesday at midnight. You can hear our program in two ways. The first is to subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. 
Another is to go to our website, www.returntoorder.org, and click on the podcast link at the top of the page, which will take you to a list with the most recent podcast on top. Listeners can help Return to Order be more effective by giving us a five-star rating with their favorite podcast service. Subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will find the Return to Order moment online. We would also like to recommend Mr. John Horvath's book, Return to Order. It is available as a free download on our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2023 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.